So this is the first live that's actually going to go up on Spotify. So for those of you that are re-watching this live and listening to it on Spotify, thank you for being here. For those of you that don't know me, I am the Ended Gaucho. Uh, I have these lives every Wednesday and I interact with my community. They're all awesome people and they're currently in the live chat. So yeah, and we talk about the UFO phenomenon. Today, I wanted to talk about the phenomenon and the narratives that we've been hearing for quite a while throughout the community and sort of think about where we should stand, right? Where do we need to stand, basically? And I want to learn and hear basically what you guys have to say about it, because it's something that's been on my mind recently, maybe the last two weeks. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Because uh, I've seen the community sort of bring the topic up again. And Stephen Greer has been bringing it up, talking about false flag. You know, uh, people have been throwing around the word disinformation. So there's two narratives, basically. If you're into UFOs, you know there's the peace and love narrative. That the beings are here to help us. That they will never harm us. That they haven't harmed us so far. So why would they do it now? And then there's the narrative that the UFO phenomenon is a possible threat. But I have honestly been... Uh, <laughs> Nala's moving around back here. I've honestly been just thinking about it a lot. And I'm a little worried. I hate to see the community get divided. Because I feel like in this time period... We need to be strong. We need to be united. But I totally respect everybody's opinions, everybody's thoughts. And I can see both sides of the coin, right? And Nala just decided to leave. So for those of you listening to the to the podcast, my dog just jumped off the couch. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to watch the live and join us all here in the live chat next time uh, we do this, it's every Wednesday. And you can just search The Undead Gaucho on YouTube and you'll find the channel. Just set a reminder and join us in the live chat. But back to what I was saying. I think that it's completely illogical to think that we are being visited or interacted with by intelligent, conscious beings. And to think that they all have the same goal. Right? The same agenda. They all live by the same rules. Now, if there's a lesson to be learned from our own species, is that that is not the case. Especially when you're dealing with intelligent, conscious beings. So, I've been seeing the conversations being brought up. I've been seeing people pick sides. And I've been standing in the middle. And I've been trying to think how to approach this and share this idea with you guys without stepping on anyone's toes or making anyone you know, offend anyone, uh, even though sometimes that just happens and it's just part of the game. But, you know, I go, I've been sitting around pushing this through my brain back and forth. Uh, for those of you that don't know about the UFO phenomenon, there are aspects of this phenomenon that are very yin and yang. You know, you have the dark stuff and then you have the love and light stuff. And when I say dark stuff, I'm not talking about aliens like 
the image of alien invasion and the image of alien interaction that we see in many sci-fi films. I'm talking about traumatic stuff. I'm talking about this trickster element. I'm talking about people not having a choice, right? That's what I'm talking about. So I don't think we're going to get invaded. I don't see any reason why they would need to invade this planet. First of all, honestly, if you've turned on the news recently, I don't think we're even smart enough to realize if we were being invaded, right? Um, we sort of let things happen. Our species lets things just, it's like we go with the flow in a way, and we, can, we call it evolution. We call it growth. But we learn from our mistakes, which at times is a good lesson, right? You make a mistake, you learn from it. But then there's times where obviously somebody's going to grow. If they keep chopping off a finger, they're going to run out of all their fingers, right? <laughs> and if there's anything, too, that we could learn from the last year and the pandemic and all the madness and the confusion and the people turning on each other and people not trusting the reality that they're living in and not realizing what's truly happening, it's that our species is easily manipulated. And we try to find things to cope with our trauma, cope with our uncomfort, you know, cope with our, it's like we don't settle our differences, we just cope with them, right? Racism, look at this topic, it's such a, it's such a simple thing, right? We're all created equal, we're all the same. I don't care what anyone says, you know, you can't tell me that a kid in Africa is any different from me. But... There's still people on this planet today with all the technology that we have, with self-driving cars, with, um, you know, rockets that can come back, you know, into our atmosphere and land and digital currency and all these crazy things that we have, this technology that just surrounds us. You'd think that we'd be more intelligent. You'd think somebody would know how to use Google correctly. But it seems like a lot of us don't. So... Before I get too deep on a tangent, <laughs> talking just about our species, I just want to say that I'm seeing this divide like we see through everything in life, right? Religion. Oh, his religion's bad. My religion's the right one. Politics. You know, Republicans, Democrats, red, blue. It's this, it's this weird concept and this weird way of viewing reality that we have where we pick sides, we pick leaders, we pick saviors we pick uh, messengers instead of standing for what we believe in you know our morals our goals what we consider to be reality because at the end of the day the one that's looking through those goggles that you call eyeballs and processing that information inside that computer inside your skull is you and honestly I am tired of hearing this idea that, you know, oh, aliens are a complete threat and aliens pose no threat. I think it's completely illogical, completely unrealistic. If you look at the phenomenon in any way, look at it simply, right? Don't complicate things. It's an experiment, a thought experiment I've been doing with myself the last year. Look at everything at the grassroot level. Don't 
overthink things. You know, figure it out basically first. Figure the basic aspects, the mechanics of what you're looking at first before you try to complicate things. These craft, do we have any control over them? No. Do we know why they're here? No. Do we know why they're interacting with us? No. Do we understand what they really want? What this is all about? Because again, remember this relationship they have with us, people seem to forget that it is not, it didn't start 70 years ago. It's something that has been going on for many, many, many years. And maybe even before we were here, right? So, am I saying they're a threat? Again, no. Listen to me carefully. I am saying that we don't know what their goals are. And if they are intelligent, conscious beings, right? And if they are not just one type of being, one species, one group, it is not far-fetched or it is not uh I, I guess far-fetched is a good way to say it but it's not smart um look i'm mixing i'm mixing my two ideas up it's not far-fetched to think that each of them have their own opinions their own thoughts their own beliefs when it comes to our species their own levels of respect when it comes to us <clears throat> And most of you here will agree with me, and some of you listening right now will agree with me. High strangeness has many, many, many different aspects, right? Many different, it's not just one phenomenon that we're dealing with. The UFO phenomenon is one part of a bigger puzzle. It's one part of the grander scheme that we're living in, this reality that we're living in. Uh, and people seem to forget that. You know, of course, the governments are interested in the craft because they want to turn it into a weapon, of course, you know. And the saddest part of it all is that people forget that whatever country gets that weapon, if you're not in that country, right, if whatever country re-engineers that into a, I don't know, a super jet with some crazy weapons on it, um, the rest of you are all screwed. Me too, included. Now, I'm in a country where, of course, I'm assuming Argentina is not going to re-engineer any, any UFOs and turn them into weapons before the rest of the superpowers on the planet. Now, we understand, too, that for the governments of the world, the UFO phenomenon poses a threat. Now, why does it pose a threat? Because they have no control over it. If they had no control over me, if I could just fly out this window right now, and fly to fly through the skies of I don't know Bangkok, land on the streets, walk around, take some pictures, show up on on uh, trending on Instagram, or show up in a TikTok video while I'm flying through the sky. Trust me, I would become a threat to the national security, uh, to national security, and to the Department of Defense and any sort of security bureau around the world. Okay, I'm saying. I don't understand this, this concept that, that people have like, oh, it's not a threat. It, it could be a threat. Very possibly could be. You know, Lou Elizondo uses a great, uh, he, he breaks it down really 
he uses the grassroots explanation for people. He says, look, if you lock your doors in your house, you wake up in the morning, there's muddy boot prints in your house, right? Somebody was in your house. You don't know how they got there. You don't know why they did that, what they were doing, uh, what their goals were, why they were there. Do you feel like that's not a threat? Maybe nothing happened to you. Maybe you see the muddy boot prints every single day. And of course, like I was saying earlier, the most common thing that I think humanity would do is just live with those muddy boot prints right there. Because it seems like that's what a lot of people are okay with. That's what they're doing. They're living with the muddy boot prints right there. Also, the word threat. You're going to tell me that you've never experienced or lived with uh, a threat in your life? Um, I don't know, guys. So I got I went off on a tangent. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to talk about this and I was going to get carried away because I've been thinking about it so much recently. And I've been waiting to talk to you guys and thinking, should I talk about this? How many people are not going to like this take that I have? And my take on this is I'm in the middle, right? I'm not going to walk around thinking any extraterrestrial that I come into contact with has my best interest in heart. Um, my best interest at heart is what I was trying to say. But, um, now scheme, I'm, I'm going to check out the live chat for those of you listening uh, on the podcast. Like I said earlier, there's a live chat and what I like to do is talk to the community there. So I'm going to read out, you know, the, the community member's name and I'll let you know what they're saying. So you guys can kind of be in the mix with us here. Scheme says, of course they are a threat. They want this earth. Now, I don't know if they want the earth uh, scheme. I think that this is most likely, possibly, their earth. <laughs> Somehow, some way. I have this feeling in my gut that these beings are tied to this planet. Because if you look at ancient history, and you look at our ancient texts, and you look at any sort of history from the beginning of man, there's always been this sort of phenomenon there it's always been there um and i honestly think it's been here much longer possibly than we have and that's something that i th i think will even blow a lot of the ufo community uh, a lot of the people in the ufo community's minds hey rodrigo uh signal signal said after finding those muddy boot prints, you'd at least check the locks. Maybe get some better ones. Try and figure out what happened. Exactly. Now, a threat doesn't mean danger. A threat means something is could possibly be, a da be dangerous, right? Um, when I was growing up, I had a friend. He was really tall, really good at fighting, um, in great shape, and he had a temper. He was a threat to me. Right. But he was my friend. But I always knew he was a possible threat. You know, I didn't want to get into a fight with him because I knew he could throw me through a table if he wanted. You know what I mean? This word threat, people just think danger, danger. No, a threat is it's possible that it could be a threat. You know what I'm saying? 
Hey guys, so I'm looking at the uh, the live, and I think it's either maybe I paused it. Oh, I think I paused it. I thought I was frozen. <laughs> Man, the live, it's, you know, they're fun, but there's things that happen at last minute. I can't believe this light broke. <clears throat> I'm surprised it's even standing. If I touch the table, guys, this light's going to fly off and... I'm going to look crazy, but I'm digging the image. So I'm going to check out the live chat because I want to spark a discussion with you guys. I want to hear what everyone thinks about this. You know, do you think they're a threat? Do you think they're not a threat? Do you think we should be standing in the middle like I'm saying? You know, be cautious. Mir Pearson says, Gaucho, love you and all you guys. Love you too, Mir. Scheme says, yes, you're probably right, but I mean, a lot more than that. They're program they programmed us, but now we're not playing ball. Reset coming. You know, I don't know if we're not playing ball, Scheme. I get what you're saying. Um, you know, I don't think we would ever play, we would have ever played ball with them. You know, I think that that's this whole, uh, like I said, I, when you bring up human history, right? There's this always been this this challenge, this struggle that human beings have had with the unknown and these uh, metaphysical beings, right? Uh, if you look into legend and lore, you'll see, you know, people always interacting with these sort of unexplained or unidentified, I, I was about to say occupants, but you know what I'm saying, unidentified beings. And I think what we're seeing today is maybe technology that if you'd seen it thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, they would have considered it magic. You know, it makes perfect sense. Even today, it's hard for people to understand what the Tic Tac is. It's hard for people to understand what a flying saucer is. You know, it's hard for people to understand these triangle-shaped crafts, anything. Any any aspect of this is not uh, easy to swallow. You know, it's almost like the red pill, blue pill thing. You know, do you want to keep living your normal life? Or do you want to wake up and start realizing what's really going on in reality. And that's the real struggle. And the, the saddest part about being divided when it comes to this topic is that they will keep, people will still find ways to divide us even more and more and more as we, as we get closer to, as we get closer to disclosure, right? As more truth comes out, they're going to divide us even more. And we do not need to be divided when it comes to this topic. We need to be logical. We need to be clear-minded. We need to be centered. And we need to think like this topic is important for everyone, you know, and we need to understand too that those that say that the UFO phenomenon or the occupants have us in their best interests. Now, this story of don't use nuclear weapons has been on loop. You know, protect your planet has been on loop for years and i think if i were a highly intelligent being and i were to come into contact with uh with another right another life form that was less intelligent but maybe more vicious than me maybe stronger i would try to spread a message of love and peace right why would you try to challenge them and something that I brought up on that UFO podcast, 
for those of you that are listening to this as a podcast, if you want to hear another podcast, that's a good one, that UFO podcast, was this idea of the weak alien gray, right? The frail alien gray that's always hiding and peeking behind a wall. We need to get rid of that because look at all the abduction cases where they just walk through the wall. Look at the abduction cases where they just walk into your house and all of a sudden you're paralyzed or you can't move and you're thinking something that you're not, you weren't thinking in the first place and it's like you can't control your thoughts. All of a sudden you feel calm. You feel happy, but you know that something stressful is happening. My biggest pet peeve when people talk about the love and light aspect is the abduction phenomenon. And yesterday I watched Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Stephen Greer's film, again, because it was on Amazon and I was just, you know, killing some time. And I didn't remember it, but I had seen it already. I made a whole video about Stephen Greer and Tom DeLonge and TTSA and the different narratives, right? If you want to check that out, you can check it out on the channel. I had a good time making that video. Um, and it wasn't the first time. I think I made two of those videos. One really bad one earlier, and then a, a better one. Uh but um, he basically said that the abduction phenomenon is actually a black budget project run by, I don't know, the U.S. government or the governments of the world and that there basically is no abduction phenomenon. It's all just a covert, top secret manipulation from the government. And that honestly just doesn't sit right with me and it also bothers me to think that there are people out there suffering that have had you know traumatic experiences and people out there that have had life-changing experiences and people are saying like no no the government humans it's humans um and i think it's funny and i do think that my lab right people often bring up my lab when you talk about that which is um, abductions where they see people dressed, they see humans on the craft dressed in military garments, right? Or military gear. Uh, we do know about the hybrid program, right? Supposedly the abduction, uh, the abduction phenomenon has to do with that. So I don't see why not, you know, why there wouldn't be human looking aliens already at this point after all these years of abduction, after all these years of the hybrid program, why they wouldn't have perfected that at this point um, is something that sort of baffles me. But uh, yeah, let's check out what the community has to say real quick. Sofa. Sofa says the book of giants says the watchers hybridized animals to create monsters like from Greek myth, which live with giant Nephilims, Nephilim, sorry, Nephilim with all these cattle mutilations. Could, could they have a Minotaur army? I mean, that's that's actually really, really a crazy concept, something crazy to think about there. But um, you know what I think? The other day I was watching a uh, a video. I'm forgetting where they were, right? But they were in some, they were visiting some indigenous people and they were like cattle herders. But they were like starving and living in the dirt, you know, living out in the wilderness somewhere. But they respected the cattle so much that they didn't eat the cattle. And, you know, cows are considered 
sacred creatures in other parts of the world. And they were also used as sacrifices in other parts of the world. Um, and I think that might have something to do with cattle mutilation. It's funny that, uh, you know, the more I look into the phenomenon, the less afraid I am. When I was a child, I was probably pretty af afraid of getting abducted. Now that I'm older, I'm not really afraid of getting abducted. I think it would be traumatic. I think anything could happen. But I also seem uh, to, from what I've seen, from what I've looked at, um, there's very few cases to little where they actually kill you. <laughs> so something crazy might happen, but it seems like I'll be back here on a live next Wednesday talking about it, basically. <laughs> um, one second, guys. All right. So thank you guys for being here, man. As always, you guys are all awesome. And for those of you now listening to this as a podcast, thank you as well. Hope you guys are enjoying the conversation. Andrew, what's up, man? Andrew says, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I just found out you were alive. No worries, Andrew. No worries. And now, if you guys ever miss this, of course, you can watch the replays here. And like I've been saying throughout this whole live, you can listen to it as a podcast now. Uh, Melissa Garris says, I think the gray aliens are responsible for cattle mutilation. I mean, one thing I don't understand is why, because I haven't really looked into cattle mutilation that much, right? I've, I've seen it. I've read about it, but I haven't like dug deep into it. I don't understand why they would dissect the cattle and what they do with the parts that they take from the cattle. But if they are doing some sort of genetic, uh, genetic program or, you know, cloning things, maybe they use some of those parts that they're taking from the cattle for, for clones or for the hybrid program. I don't know. Alien girl. So alien girl one, one, one. Hey guys, if you're not, uh, subscribed to alien girls channel, make sure to go subscribe to her channel. She also go lives, I think on Fridays. So, uh, go check her out. She has Collins. It's pretty cool. Alien girl says genetic harvesting to adjust an entity's biological capacities to live in different planetary ecosystems. Oh, wow. That was a good one. <laughs> she asked it as a question, but I think she might've answered her own question there. Uh, Julie's here. What's up, Julie? How are you doing? What's up, Thomas? Project Unity. What's up, man? Project Unity says, uh, there was a mass or there was a case of mass deaths of cattle somewhere in America recently. Wasn't, wasn't there like a hundreds, like hundreds of cattle. Anyone know about this? I had a link to an article somewhere. I haven't heard about that, but we should look into that. Definitely. It just seems like that one is, is a perplexing question because I also, I've said this before about the abduction phenomenon. Like, why would they need to keep abducting people all these years, right? If their technology is so advanced, couldn't they have just gotten a few, you know, hybrids done a few years back and then just had all the genetics and all the genes and everything they needed? And the cattle mutilation for me is the same, right? If they're, I mean, I've heard of spacecraft that are, enormous why not just take a few cattle <laughs> keep them on the spacecraft just take the whole cattle the other day i saw a video of uh it was like a a rancher's camera and 
he was filming his cattle and one of the cattle just got completely lifted up and dropped. It's pretty crazy. And if you guys aren't uh, subscribed to Project Unity, make sure to check out Project Unity. He's got a great channel. He's doing some great work. Um, his latest uploads were, as always, amazing. So make sure to check him out. And thank you for being here, Project Unity. And the rest of you as well. Project Unity says, yes, I believe it was in Texas. I'm trying to find that article link. Awesome, man. Signal says El Paso. See, guys, if you're listening to this as a podcast, this is why this is amazing. And you need to come uh, join the uh, the live chat here. Everybody's working together. So, oof, <laughs> I almost knocked over my light. So it looks like we've switched over from, uh, actually, we, we haven't switched over. Like cattle mutilation, abduction, all these sort of shady things. That is why, guys, you don't trust you don't trust something that is hiding in the shadows. You don't trust something that is not open with you. It's like trusting somebody blindly, you know? Um Now let's talk about the the love and light aspect, right? Could there be uh, extraterrestrials out there that have our best interest at heart? Yes. I mean, I said it earlier, intelligent, conscious beings, why do we expect them all to think the same? They all are going to have their own opinions about us. So maybe there are some human activists, you know what I mean? Maybe there are some some extraterrestrials out there truly trying to to help us out. But I don't think every single extraterrestrial that we're seeing that we've seen throughout history or the, uh, you know, the occupants of these craft, however you want to call them, uh, is love and light. You know, I, I was on Twitter yesterday and I was sharing some stuff. I shared, you know, a video of a abductee talking about a traumatic experience. And I said, uh, like, don't be fooled, right? We're going to see these opposing sides coming out of the woodworks as disclosure continues. We got to be logical. Don't trust any UFO gurus. Don't even trust me. I'm serious. You know, build your own conclusions. Build your own theories. But uh, we have to be logical. That's the most important part. And another thing, do not trust anyone. Anyone that tells you the phenomenon is a danger to us or anyone that tells you it's not. You know, that doesn't make sense. An intelligent, conscious species interacting with us each being will have their own agenda. It's just common sense. You know, that's what I was saying yesterday. And uh, it's, it's true. Like, look, I said many cases, many. It's not just your family. The abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, is a good reminder that this phenomenon's relationship with us is important. But our choice doesn't really matter to them. Right? So what we mean to them at this point is still unknown and everyone's talking about the craft we're forgetting about the occupants we're forgetting about why these craft are here who's piloting these crafts what their goals are and we're getting to this point where <clears throat> apart from ufos being real uh we need to start taking into consideration this part of the of the phenomenon realistically because that's what's going to come next right you know, if there are crash craft, retrieved vehicles, 
don't tell me there's not retrieved bodies. You know what I mean? Don't tell me they haven't retrieved uh, the, the occupant or the pilots of these craft. Um, yeah, and when I tweeted that, somebody, you know, responded to me. And they said I was, uh, they were like, oh, look, another disinformation account. And I was, I was quite, you know, I don't like being called disinformation account when all I'm trying to do is spread information. And also, uh, it's just, it's funny to me because that, that person that said I was a disinformation account was talking about how it was all just, you know, uh, the CIA was the abduction phenomenon and it's all just the military, a covert operation from the military. And I was like, look, I, I didn't want to say it, but I think he needed to take a nice look in the mirror and realize that he was the disinformation account. Um, but I feel like Stephen Greer too has been going real, real hard on Instagram. If you are following him on Instagram, I do, uh, his stories, they're all like false flag, you know. It's all about his false flag alien invasion. And I don't know what to think, right? I can only think what I what I feel. And that is that it's completely illogical to think that these are, you know, they're all good and they're all bad. It's just completely illogical. Let me check out the live chat again. Everybody's having a great discussion there, it seems like. I'm loving it, man. Melissa Garrett says, humans are visitors here. Aliens were here first. That's definitely what I said earlier, Melissa. That's what I feel, too. Andrew Hall says, I tell you, Gaucho, anyone who knows all there is to know, that's the last person you want to listen to, 100%. And guys, we're going to see these people start popping up. They're already peeking their heads out around the corner. You know what I mean? They already know this is coming, and Greer's doing it. A lot of people are doing it. And I hope that I don't ever somehow, some way, end up preaching that kind of stuff because it's not what it is. And I feel like even if I made contact tonight and I sat down with an ET and we just talked or whatever, or he just telepathically told me everything he needed to tell me, I feel like I would think of a way to express myself and to communicate with everyone to not separate any groups. You know, I wouldn't want people on one side and on the other side. I would try to get everybody unified. I mean, that's the most important thing when it comes to this, man. It's what I've been fighting and trying to say in these lives and trying to explain to people. But it seems like, I mean, when you look at the rest of the world and every other topic, it's just there. It's a prominent thing. It's like humans can't decide. They can't agree. They can't just sit down and talk. You know, um, Project Unity said, we're all learning here. And that is definitely what this search is, man. It's a learn, it's a learning process and it, it's, it's amazing, right? It teaches you about yourself, it teaches you about the universe. It teaches you about the planet that we live on, it teaches you about people. It's, it's amazing. It's honestly Part of what really keeps me motivated and keeps me looking into this topic and looking deeper and deeper and deeper is that. Let me, I'm checking out the live chat real quick, guys. EM says, we may just be a crop to them. 
You know, it's something I've thought about. I mean, it's funny too. You would think that religious uh, people that are religious would have an easier, uh, what, like an easier time accepting this idea that we're just a crop to them. I mean, we all know that supposedly, according to most of the religions around the world, we were created in the images of the gods. And if you were to say that today, if I were to create a being in my image, uh, it would probably be like, you know, a clone or some kind of test tube baby that I created the, to look like me. And, um, oof. guys, I am doing these lives now in the living room and I have a tripod in front of me, light here, microphone here, and my dog, right? She's walking around. She just went like zigzags through the tripod. Do not do that again, please. Don't knock over the camera, I beg you. Um, Melissa Garris says, one big science experiment. It's possible. I mean, also, why wouldn't be why wouldn't we be related to these beings? Like, have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen what these beings look like? The humanoid features? Have you looked in the mirror? Have you looked at every other animal on the planet? We're literally the strangest looking creatures on the entire planet. <laughs> Julie says, uh, beings are created in our image. Every baby born. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy too, because you know, the natural flow of reproduction, right? The like we do look like our parents. And it is like those pe like pieces of them continue through us. But um I still think that uh I still think there's a lot deeper uh a, like a much deeper way to look at historical texts. People have this concept that every historical text is just an you know, is the the human imagination at that current time processing, creating stories to try to explain reality. But I feel like in those historic texts that we have literally sitting in places like the Vatican, all over the world, we have we can buy it on Amazon. You know what I mean? There is there is clues in there to show you that the world that we live in, the reality that we live in is much more fascinating and much more interesting than we think. Thomas says, uh, yes. Humans don't line up with everything else. Although octopus are even more alien. Octopus are even more alien. And don't even get me started on the ocean. Uh, the ocean is a fascinating, fascinating place. And if I were a, uh, a UFO, and I'm not a super highly intelligent being, the first thing I would do is hide in the ocean. Uh, it's definitely somewhere that I would consider hiding from the humans. So I see some people talking about shadow people. Melissa's talking about shadow people. I haven't seen shadow people in a long time, Melissa. Not since I was a kid. Um, so what do you guys think? Right? We Should we worry about UFO gurus coming out right now? Coming out of the woodworks? Should we take it all, you know, uh, take all the information they give us and... and Treat it like fact, you know, um, it's strange, right? Because a lot of the UFO gurus, right, and the UFO people, like I respect everybody. You know, I don't like to, even when I talk about Stephen Greer, I just told you I saw his documentary yesterday. I don't like what he does with C5 and charging people for that. But I also think that C5 is something interesting that we should look into. Um, 
I think there are many people that are that are flawed. And I think also looking into this subject and being tied into this subject over time must make you jagged, must make you uh, jaded. Julie says, agreed on the ocean. I mean, we we know that they've been seen coming out of the ocean. And, it, and another uh, thing to think about is that they're also seen along, uh, around large bodies of water a lot, right? It's uh, it's actually one. I made a video a long time ago. I'm not sure if I included it in the video. I think I did. It was like five, you know, facts of, uh, I think it was of a close encounter. And um, that was one of them, large bodies of water. It seems like they are, they are tied to that somehow. But think about transmedium vehicles, right? Why not? hide in the ocean if you can do it like what if you could just shoot to the deepest parts of the ocean and nothing happens to your craft you don't have to worry about us we can't even reach you we can't even see you probably you know what i mean we can't catch you on any radars i'm saying it's just the best place for them to hide and i've actually been hearing things recently about uh yesterday i saw a reddit post um i don't remember it completely but it was basically saying that uh, that they've they're actually a species of creatures that have been here before you know before we have that have advanced technology that live deep in the depths of the ocean. We're like the land dwellers, and they're like the the sea dwellers. You know, it reminds me of uh, Atlantis. But uh, it's interesting to think about. What do you guys think though? Because like honestly, I'm a bit worried. Right. I'm a bit like. I've been more cautious than I've ever been in the last three weeks, ever since that 180 day countdown and the, you know, the, the covid bill. And now we the UAPTF and, and where we're headed right now, I'm thinking, like, what's going to come next? Who do we trust? Where do we go? But then I keep telling myself, like, stay centered, stay calm, stay logical. Don't worry. <laughs> Because I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about the threat or the non-threat. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about how how we need to present ourselves going into the future, right? We want to be the forefront of this. You know, we want to keep sp spreading the right message and not let the message get, mu you know, muddied up or or pushed in the wrong direction by by a false prophet or by whatever. You know what I'm saying? By somebody m making people believe something that, that it just isn't realistic. It isn't logical. <clears throat> By the way, guys, I was thinking, now that I have the podcast, right? The, the channel, or the, what is it called? Just a podcast. <laughs> Those of you listening right now to the podcast. I think I'm going to make exclusive content as well other than the lives on the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. And let me know who you guys want me to maybe interview on the podcast. Uh, I think that would be fun. I've never done that before, but I think it would be, it'd be interesting. If you guys have any specific people you want me to talk to, you know, most of you follow me on Twitter, shoot me a DM or let me know, you know, in the comments here. I can't tell how long 
we've been streaming for tonight. I feel like I've been talking so much tonight. Uh, so let me check out the live chat. Project Unity said, do me. <laughs> Definitely, man. I was actually thinking of that. I was thinking like, hey, I should do like a, a sit down and just talk with Project Unity again. I, I enjoyed our fireside chat. If you guys haven't checked out uh, the fireside chat on Project Unity's channel, make sure to check that out. We talked for three hours, but we it was awesome because we got, you know, it was two people uh, sharing their ideas, their thoughts on this topic, their experiences, and really not having any ounce of, you know, it was just like meeting a friend. There, there was no weird vibe. It was awesome. So make sure to check that out. And I'd love to have you on the podcast or even on the lives, man. We should do something on the lives. Andrew Hall said 48 minutes, Zignal 50 minutes, letting me know. Thank you guys, man. You guys are actually like, I think probably the nicest top chat, <laughs> live chat on any live. You guys are always helping me out. Thank you guys, man. Uh, UFO Video Addicts says they are not visiting. They live here too. We share this planet with several different highly advanced civilizations. Um, here's something interesting to think about, guys. We know the phenomenon has been interacting with us for many, many years. But if you're going to just stick to the books, let's go 70 plus years or more. How long does it take for them to become like an Earth, a resident of Earth? <laughs> How long till they're actually like living here? How many years? Right? Like uh, I've been in Argentina for 10 years. I'm Argentinian. I was, you know. My parents are Argentinian. I'm basically Argentinian, but I feel like if you live anywhere long enough, you're you're from there, uh, definitely. So that's something to think about. You know, apart from what we were saying earlier about them maybe being a civilization that's been here this whole time. You know, I feel like that. I I think it's strange to think about because we think of space. You know, we think of them coming from space, but when you think of them coming out of the ocean, and you think of their relationship with us. And you think of the humanoid features and you think of how they study us and test us. Um, I think it's interesting and I think it, it could be a link and show like a bit of, you know, not just more into that direction. Like uh, maybe they are from here. Maybe this is their planet. Maybe we're like the Gen 2 <laughs> of them. You know what I mean? Um, it's definitely something I thought about a lot. A lot and more recently, I don't know what it is, but recently I've been like steering away from space. Like my mind has not been on thinking that they are from space. You know, I went from thinking that way when I was younger to then thinking, you know, leaning more towards Jack Valet's concepts. And now I'm just like, I've looked at so much stuff and looked at so many theories and so many concepts that I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. Like, what if we've been looking in the wrong direction the whole time? How fascinating, how interesting would that be if we've been looking up the whole time? And that's why we can't seem to figure this puzzle out. That's why we can't seem to figure this out. I'm not saying there's not life in space and maybe intelligent life, you know. But I'm, I'm saying, like, how interesting would it be if we found out that they were from the depths of the ocean and they've been there the whole time? And that would explain almost every single the inspiration for every single religion around the planet 
I should get like a dog cam for my dog, right? Just have a special camera for her. <laughs> She's like walking around the house. I should like strap a GoPro to her so you guys can see her like in the corner of the live as she walks around. That'd be pretty funny. Andrew Hall says, look, what if they are creations of our own minds? Well, that's even that's even deeper to think about. You know what I mean? That's there's so much. There's so much. But I said it earlier, I've been doing this experiment throughout the whole year and trying to think of stuff, you know, at a grassroots level before getting too deep and too mechanical and too like intricate with it. You know, I've been trying to say like, don't overthink anything. Look at it on a basic level. And it's been helping me out so much in when looking into these things, because it's like, for example, you know, this, the threat narrative and the, 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 you know, the peace and love narrative. I think the only reason why I'm on here giving you this stand in the middle approach and telling you guys don't get guided that in that direction or this direction, because I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from a basic perspective. I'm looking at it as if like I were to meet a group of people, I'm not going to think they all have the same ideas. You know, I'm not going to think that they all have the same goals. Even if you meet a group of, you know, cops or a group of soldiers, they're not all the same person. They don't, they, they have the same, uh, training and the same maybe mission but each of them has a different mind and a different belief and a different take on us on on the interaction the signal he said like a tulpa he's, re he's responding to andrew hall look if you look at one of my earlier videos guys i did a whole video on tulpas and i talked about uh i went to the japanese gardens here it's a beautiful place if you guys ever come to argentina they got it's all like it looks like you just took a trip to to Kyoto, you know what I mean? Um, I go there all the time. I used to before COVID and take photos and, and just chill. Like I had all these spots around the city that I like to go and relax and listen to podcasts um, or read a book about the, the phenomenon or any sort of high strangeness. And that was one. And I talk about tulpas. And that's what I mean when I tell you guys, right, that I, I do think consciousness is very powerful. And it's there's some there's something that I'm missing, right? Because I have this there it's weird. It's like I'm I'm kind of nuts and bolts at times, right? I said that I was gonna do the C five video where I would practice C five and try to, you know, use meditation to see if I can make contact or see something in the sky here. I live high up in a in a high rise, so I'm thinking I have this perfect view and I think I could do it, but it, it rained for two days and it was like a crazy storm. A, a bat, a bat flew <laughs> into my balcony and it, I found a bat the other day. It was pretty, I mean, I think they're kind of cute. I'm not really afraid of them other than the rabies, you know what I mean? But poor thing was, was just laying there. I put him in a bucket and then <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. I put him in a bucket. He started flapping around. He started flying in the bucket. And uh, yeah, the gaucho is, you know, I'm not too afraid of anything other than maybe snakes. And like if I see a snake, I'm not afraid of it. I just think that like if it were to bite me, it's something that I wouldn't be able to like get out of the way of, you know, it would just bite me. Um, and spiders. I'd say I'm very much like Indiana Jones in that sense, like throw me into a snake pit, I'm probably going to have a bad day. Cover me in spiders, probably going to have a bad day. 
But uh, <laughs> everybody's talking about the bat. Julie says bats are cute. I agree. I think they're adorable. You know what I mean? I think even the giant, uh, the fox bats are are adorable. You know, they're they're crazy. They look like they're fascinating. Um, and the signal said, "Oh my God, you're the Batman." <laughs> Dude, I'm not the Batman. Trust me, when the bat was in the bucket and it started flapping around in the bucket, first of all, I had it like pushed against the wall. And I was like, okay, now what do I do? If I take this out, if I take the bucket off, he's going to fly all over the place. So I slid him off towards the balcony <clears throat> and he flew out of the bucket and he flew off into the night. I was like, oh man, that was pretty hectic. Even though he was there for like a day just chilling he wasn't doing anything <clears throat> uh scheme says um he's saying i think he's saying mm, bust out on your roof man that would be cool i think he's asking me to do the c5 video up on my roof i've actually never been on the roof of this high rise my wife has uh <laughs> restricted that from me she knew as soon as we moved in, she was like, don't you dare go on this roof. And I was like, oh, but the visuals would be epic. <laughs> I could take some awesome photos from up there. Trust me, guys. I have some beautiful views up here. That's what I mean. Back to back to the phenomenon or else we're going to get so sidetracked. And I'm just going to talk about bats and spiders. But uh, it's um, consciousness, right? Consciousness has there is some sort of it's a key player in this you know but i said i'm very nuts and bolts and i'm trying my best to learn a little bit more and get more maybe in touch with my with my consciousness and that's why i think experimenting and filming you know a video over a few days and trying to make contact and see if it works for me would be very fascinating um and if it doesn't work I'm not going to think that C5 doesn't work or that consciousness doesn't play a role. And I'm going to think that maybe I need to practice a little more. Um, definitely. The signal said, I, I have replied to don't go on the roof from the roof. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, I know. Trust me. I'm the kind of guy too that would go on the roof. If you watch my, my last C5, I did two C5 videos. One failed, the other one, something crazy happened. Um, something strange happened. I saw like a blue light shoot up. and But I'm in the middle of the city, guys. Another thing, too, that might, you know, uh, affect my experiment. But um, I think it's worth doing. I think it's worth trying. But uh, the last video, I went on the roof. And I don't know why the landlord told me to be careful because there were uh, poisonous lizards on the roof which I've never heard of in Argentina. And when he told me, I was like, yeah, right, poisonous lizards. And you guys would laugh when I went on the roof and I'm looking up at the, you know, at the sky, waiting for something to happen and it's all dark. It was this old uh, historical building we lived in. So it's like antique roof, you know, like I could fall through the roof. And uh, I thought about it when I was up there. I was like, wait, this is a perfect spot for some poisonous lizards. <laughs> Thomas uh, Fessler says, you should check out the gateway experience. There's a CIA doc that explains it. Could be a great collaboration. 
Definitely. You know, I heard about the gateway experience. Um, some of you are going to laugh, but I created a TikTok account. I created the TikTok account to hear me out. One, because I want a broader audience. I want people to come to our to the lives and to come talk to us and interact with us that don't necessarily have, you know, people that haven't done the research we've done, people that are going to come to, to learn. And uh, I created the TikTok just to use clips, like recycled clips for my videos and just upload those there. You know what I mean? It's just another outlet. But uh, I'm not like dancing or anything on there. Um, but you'll see that the, every, all the kids are talking about the gateway experience. I'm saying we need them to be talking about the UFO phenomenon. But it's good that they're talking about the gateway experience. I feel like right now the world, you know, the word woke actually opened up a lot of people. You know, it's funny. I, I hate that word, but I'm saying it's funny. I think that that trend and that style of like conscious, you know, woke people, the woke generation kind of helped people open up to experimenting with consciousness and things like, you know, the gateway experience and meditation and all these kinds of things that in my, you know, in my teens, I was a surfer and everything. And I don't like, it was very strange to see me having that kind of, uh, that kind of an open mind when it came to those kinds of things. Um, the signal said the Monroe tapes are great. I'd love to use them in a deprivation tank. I'd love to go into a deprivation tank. See, that's something I definitely want to do. That'd be cool to take you guys on a journey like that too. Um, I, I've talked about it on other, on another podcast. I'm not sure where I talked about it, but you know, I have experimented when I was younger with, uh, you know, I, I smoked marijuana, you know, surfer kid from California. It's pretty impossible, especially now if you go to where I grew up, weed is legal. And um, experimented with mushrooms. And I had some pretty crazy mind-bending experiences. And I'm not saying that you need to do drugs to reach those levels of whatever that was. <laughs> but uh, I think it really opened me up to understanding that the mind definitely is the sort of the keeper of your reality, right? The mind is what keeps you here, right? And there are parts of the mind and pieces of even yourself that when you dig deep into them and you look behind the veil of your own person, you see some crazy stuff, man. Um, so somehow we started talking about the UFO phenomenon, if it's a threat or not, and I just started randomly talking about mushrooms. But uh, yeah, the people listening on the podcast are probably like, what? <laughs> Melissa Garris is saying reptilians. Uh, reptilians. Now, I have been so frustrated trying to find... Um, I mean, I've tried to find in the past. Because you'd think there'd be like a clear video of any of these occupants. Right? Of any of the occupants. Any of these ETs. Like a clear one. Other than Skinny Bob, guys. I'm saying, my wife actually said it the other day. She saw me sitting there making the New Fork videos. And she was listening. I, I didn't have my headphones on, so I was just playing the experience. Uh, I think it was the first girl in the last video. 
where she saw this blue uh, sort of orb come down onto the road and then she had missing time. And she says, with all the cameras that there are today, uh, with all the you know cell phones and stuff, how come nobody has a video or a photo of of their abduction? And I sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, there we go. Look, grassroots. She's coming at me with a grassroots question. Exactly what I like, what I've been how I've been thinking recently. Um and I, I didn't have an answer for her. The only thing I could tell her was, I don't know, you know. And then I said, it's possible that somehow either the experiencer is under some sort of control, right? Like slide nine, right? Just think about the experiencers being manipulated to the point where they don't whip up their camera at that point. Like when you make face-to-face -face contact, when you're already abducted, like you have no control, which is seems to be the case always. And it's also possible that uh, electronics do not work um, because of some kind of interference from the craft or whatever, the energy that's being projected from the craft. So, but I sat back and I didn't know what to tell her. You know, it was interesting. And I, I do spend a lot of time, guys, looking for those kinds of videos because for me, I've seen so many uh, UFO videos, right? Like, look at the craft in the sky. Look at this dot. Look at the orb, you know, look at this and that. And um, I've seen a lot of hoaxes. And I've seen people fall for hoaxes of craft. But the beings, the, like a footage of the beings, footage of the occupants, I think that's what we need to find. You know, like real footage. Somebody's got to have some footage somewhere in the world. Somebody's got to have some kind of footage, you know, that hasn't been confiscated by a three-letter agency. Um, it's got to be. I mean, there's got to be something somewhere. It's honestly like one of my one of my dreams would be to like find a dusty metal box somewhere, pull it out, and find I don't know some film roll, pop it in, and just boom you know, an occupant or an abduction experience first person. You know what I mean? Oh, Zofa says, my profile pic is a real alien gray. Is that, Zofa, that's a close-up shot right from the Turkish UFO, the one that was flying over the ocean? Or not flying, sort of sitting over the ocean, the beach. And can, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong with where it is. Um, Melissa says, we need to wake up as many people as possible and soon. I, uh, I still do it on 45. It helps me see what they're showing me. Let me, I'm trying to read the live chat for those of you that are listening on the podcast. Thank you guys for being here, man. Awesome. Awesome to, to have you listening. Hope you guys are enjoying the conversation. Andrew Hall says it does seem that the UFO threat is a real thing, but I don't think it's threatening to all humans. Well, you know, uh, I don't think you know, I think it could very well be a threat, right? And I do think some people have positive close encounters and other people have negative close encounters. But there are also cases like where, you know, somebody gets too close to the craft and it affects their biology in a negative way, like burns, radiation burns, their hair falls out. Um, 
and some people have gotten cancer, right? Yesterday, I saw a case of a kid in Quebec that was blinded, like, from the light of the craft shining through his window or something like that. Like, he saw the craft, it shot a beam out onto the floor, and, like, the beam kind of shot up and went into the window and blinded him. And I also think that's something we need to consider and think about when we talk about the, the occupants, right? And their intelligence level and their respect for us. Because it's like, I'm not going to drive down the street and run over a squirrel. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to... Uh, <clears throat> I just think that like if they understood that their craft could have that effect on us, they would think of a way to not do that to us if they really cared, you know? They would think of a way not to get too close to us. Or they would think of, I don't know, they, they, I just don't get it. You know, there's parts of the the phenomenon that I, to this day I still don't understand. You know, I there's even been times that I've thought to myself, uh, how intelligent are these guys? You know, how smart are they? Is it limited to their technology and then the rest of their, the rest of their aspects of intelligence are... You know, maybe they're not socially intelligent. Maybe they're not, um, I don't know. You know, it's something I, I, I think about a lot. Andrew Hall said, never had a good encounter with an ET either, though. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. And it's something I brought up to in one of the last lives. Like, I could sit here and, and dig through files and listen to audio recordings and and try to have these discussions with you guys and, and, you know, and help the community and, and do my best. But I think unless I can, unless we can go down that rabbit hole and get to that, you know, that shady bunker in the middle of the desert or the middle of the Amazon forest <laughs> and come into contact with these, with these beings or wherever they are, you know what I mean? Unless we can somehow make contact and have that experience ourselves, then we're always just, there's going to be pieces of the puzzle that we're always going to be missing, you know? Pro Illusionist said, or maybe they don't care enough to be careful around humans. Um, and he said, ETs are still beings. They can make mistakes, in my opinion. And yep, I mean, that was my whole argument throughout the whole video, is that they are going to be very similar to us, I think, in the sense of each of them will have their flaws and their ideas and opinions and maybe they did make a mistake you know maybe they got too close and they didn't think that that was going to happen somebody the other day used the argument of travis walton uh when i was talking about you know negative encounters and everyone knows that travis walton uh seemed like the craft he says he thinks that they saved his life now in the beginning he didn't think that um that the craft actually like killed him and then they took him on like the contact that he came into with the craft either injured him almost to the point of death and they took him on the craft and healed him and then brought him back but i think that the trauma uh that th that encounter caused for him because there's like no explanation you know what i mean this idea that yeah we can heal you we can help you but we don't we're never going to tell you what we are or why we're here what we're doing and you have no control if, like, if they wanted to come and abduct me right now in this live, you know, um, 
on the podcast. Imagine I just go quiet. <laughs> the people on the live would see me, but the podcast listeners would be like, what happened? Terrence Jones says they're not emotional. I mean, but see, what does that mean about them? You know, if they're not emotional, uh, even though people say that they're not emotional, but then you have these these uh, cases when you look into encounters where it seems like sometimes they are like they care about the the uh, abductee, right? Or they get angry or um, I mean, sometimes it seems like there is emotion coming from these beings. I don't know. Simon says humans are superior to aliens. Aliens aren't funny or artistic or musical. We have much more to offer the universe. I mean, Simon, that's that's a good uh, that's a good point there. Um, and it's also something that I've thought about too, and I brought up in the past, in the sense of like, what is their culture about, you know? And how come we always talk about the the crashed UFOs, but we don't talk about the articles found on the craft, you know, or it's like they always have similar clothing and similar expressions and the craft never have like, you know, there's never like alien music other than in Close Encounters. Uh, and it's all stuff that I think is really fascinating and interesting to, you know, have thought experiments about and try to think about. Pro Illusionist says, Travis Walton might be. ETs have a policy of non-interference, but they made a mistake and killed him, like you said, and they had to fix their mistake by abducting him. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. Definitely. And then Andrew Hall says, I'm not sure that they're not emotional, though. Terrence Jones and I talked, about, uh, talked with an abductee recently who said they got very upset when he asked them a particular question. That's what I mean, guys. There are cases where it seems like these beings react in some way. And then there are cases where people say, you know, they had no emotion. Um, he's Zofa says, I've seen reports of mantis beings somewhat human-like in terms of emotion. They've shown anger and humor before. Here's another thing, guys, I want to bring up that I may have forgot to, to point out. We're talking about mantis beings and greys and reptilians and, you know, uh, the Nordic aliens. And uh, there's all these different types of ETs. Don't let anyone tell you that they all come in peace or that they all uh, are a threat. Look at all these different kinds of beings. You know what I mean? Different shapes of craft, different styles of encounters. I'm saying do not let anyone tell you that. Seriously, guys, you need to keep your radars up. I'm telling you. Uh, Zignal says, maybe the way we think of our minds is different to them. Could be like hive mind, whereas we are all individuals, instances of mind, connections to a higher consciousness aside. You know, Zignal always, always gives me awesome responses. And if you guys haven't checked out his Red Bubble Shop, <laughs> random plug, make sure to check it out. He's got some great artwork there. He does some uh, really cool Tic Tac themed art. He's got uh, patches and stickers. It's really cool. 
Prolusion says, I really believe that the grays are programmed life forms, hence their non-emotional demeanor. Terrence Jones says, I don't think anyone should talk about any aliens unless they have seen one. I get what you mean, Terrence. I feel like there are experiencers that have seen them, you know. And another thing, too, I was thinking is like we know that a big part of the interaction this phenomenon has with us is like it manipulates us during the interaction. It can control our emotions. I mean, that's like one of the key things when people come into contact with the occupants, right? Um, and how do you trust something that can do that? How do you trust what you're seeing when you're encountering these beings to be real, right? That's something we've talked about as well the community so how do we trust the message that they're giving us that's what i'm saying julie says they may all be the same phenomenon but represented differently well i mean we're all stardust aren't we so i think we are all part of the same phenomenon represented differently even if you look at it on a grassroots level terrence jones says it's not about belief it's about knowing pro illusionist Maybe their creators are more humanoid, like Nordics, and they are and they are emotional. It's funny that people don't talk more about the Nordics. I haven't heard the Nordics being brought up in such a long time. I honestly think that representation of of that alien being is kind of racist, <laughs> if you ask me. I actually like. I think I made a video about it a long, long time ago. Just saying, like, what was the deal with the blonde hair and the the blue eyes, like it just seemed like they were big Nazis. You know what I mean? And it didn't make sense to me. Uh, Sofa says, Greys might seem non-emotional because they take their job seriously. That's true. Maybe they take their job seriously. Daniel Sand said, Different humans, different aliens. 100%. I mean, that's the whole argument, man. That's literally what I've been trying to say to everybody. Sofa, astronauts and military seem emotionless on the job. He has, he has a good point there. <clears throat> he says, you reckon skinny. Pro Illusionist said, you reckon skinny Bob cracks some jokes with Eisenhower? <laughs> The signal says their message could be a number of things. The truth is, the truth that is a lie that benefits them, a lie that benefits us. That's what I mean, man. It's a tricky, tricky thing. Imagine believing something. This is what I'm saying. Imagine believing something that can manipulate reality. <laughs> something that could say, like, calm down, and you calm down. Be happy, and you're happy. Or... You know, or make you black out and lose hours of life or hours of life, hours of your time. I mean, it's just, guys, I'm saying, not all bad, not all good. Stand in the middle. Keep your radars up, man. All right, guys. So I'm pretty sure that the camera is going to die soon. Um, 
But thank you guys for for joining me tonight for this live session. It's a special one because it's going to be up on, you know, it's going to be a podcast episode. And for those of you listening to the podcast episode, thank you for listening. And guys, you are all awesome. You're all amazing. Never stop searching for the truth. You guys really are the best part of my week when I get to sit down and talk to you guys. I promise, I promise that I will do a normal Undead Gaucho video very soon. Um, I got some new toys that I want to try out, you know, the lens and, and a gimbal. So I promise to bring you guys some interesting content and also podcast. These lives will continue. I might do another new fork video till I run out of recordings to share. But um, guys, never stop. Seriously, we have to keep pushing forward. We're in a good space right now. And we can't let people come in and muddy the waters and make us look ridiculous or make us look bad for the rest of the world. You know, we need to keep our guard up, stay grounded, stay centered, don't pick sides, work together. All right, guys. Have a good night, guys, okay? And thank you guys for being here as always, man. You guys rock.